Hello, and welcome to our IABM podcast series, The Venue Coffee Break. We are on episode 15. 15, Shelly, can you believe it? Yay! <laughs> we are your hosts, Alexis Bergeron. I am the general manager of the Old National Events Plaza in Evansville, Indiana, and Shelly Ellis, who is the general manager of the Visalia Convention Center in California. Our goal is to provide you with uh, some fun venue-related trends, news content, and we try to have a little fun every month as well. So uh, we're really excited about today. We, are, we, we just got a little hint, a little taste of what's to come. Um, and our topic is, uh, I'm going to read this all because it's awesome, sports team abound, construction all around, where it can all be found, Las Vegas. So Shelly, why don't you uh, tell us about our guest today? Yes, I'm just ecstatic to have Darren Davis with us today. He's a great friend and mentor, so I know that we'll just have a fun time here this next half an hour, and so thank you, Darren. And just a little bit about Darren. He is currently the Vice President of Entertainment for Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino, which is part of the MGM Resorts International Entertainment Division, and Darren oversees all the entertainment venues for the Mandalay Bay brand. And that includes um, the newly renovated 12,000-seat event center, the outdoor beach concert venue, which is amazingly fun, and is indirectly responsible for the operations of the Cirque du Soleil Michael Jackson One Theater, House of Blues, Light Nightclub, and Daylight Day Club. Basically, he never gets any sleep. And um, (laughs) for this, you know, working for a major gaming and hospitality company, gives Darren the unique opportunity to work in both entertainment management and the casino and hotel industry. And this allows for his broadened experience beyond the traditional public assembly venue and adds hotel hospitality, restaurant management, and casino operations to his resume. And I'm just like, holy cow, Darren. (laughs) So that's why we're very excited to have him. And he's got a lot going on in Las Vegas. And some of that includes a lot of sports activities and like to start with that. You have the um, recent acquisition of the WNBA Las Vegas Aces basketball team. Tell us a little bit about that, please, Darren. Welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you for that awesome introduction. I sound great on paper. (laughs) 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 Um, No, that's awesome. I'm super thrilled to be with you guys today and, and uh, share a little bit about what's happened in Vegas. Um, I, I thought that was a fun, catchy title for the podcast. That there is so much happening with sports right now in Las Vegas, and even specifically with our company, and, and, uh, and I'm proud to say specifically at our venue. Um, about seven months ago, and that, that, that is a very, very short time ago uh, in relation to the acquisition of a sports franchise, about seven months ago, our company decided to purchase um, – the uh, existing San Antonio Stars team uh, and relocate them here to Las Vegas and went through a complete rebranding of the team. And, um, and we've uh, got a new name. We've got a new, new team members. We've got new coaching staff. It's just, it's been a really whirlwind experience over these last few months uh, getting ready for, you know, what would normally take a couple of years to try and get a franchise up and running from the, from the ground up and, and actually inserting it into a, an organization that has never had team ownership before. We've never owned and operated a team. We own and operate these giant mega resorts and, and casinos all over the world but, uh, and have great entertainment venues, um, but we've always been the tenant. We've always been the facility, never had the, the tenant 
tenant responsibilities, uh, even our hockey team relationship, you know, that's, that's a tenant of, of the T-Mobile arena. Um, but to actually own the team and be involved in every aspect from uh, A to Z with, with what's involved with operating a team and launching a team, it's, it's really been a really interesting experience. So, Darren, can I ask a quick question? Because we have a similar situation here in Evansville where, um, you know, one of the management companies owns the local hockey team. And so did when, when the Aces came to town, now, it, did they bring their staff or are you directly connected to executing and operating? Uh, how's that, how does that work? Yeah, so that's a great question. So we did bring the only people that we purchased when the team got purchased. The only people that we actually purchased was the players themselves. That's what came that way. We purchased the asset and the, and the player personnel. Um, none of the front office staff from San Antonio were included in that. They were welcome to apply, and a few of them did, and and moved with the team to Las Vegas. And then we had to build a team from the ground up. Um, we we were fortunate enough to have existing assets already in place and we took our marketing department and our ticketing department and our sponsorship department that were already existing within the corporate entertainment world and just said okay guys in addition to what you do every day you're now going to be responsible for um, this basketball team so there are a lot of crossover positions um, but we also do have some specific isolated positions with the team mostly on the basketball operations side but a lot of the front of house Front, front office staff are dual responsibility where they're working on a concert one day and then they're working on Las Vegas Aces items the next. Yeah. Darren, wow. how's that been just for your staff when they've come together to experience this new acquisition? Can you kind of go through that? I would assume it's been exciting and good morale for the organization. It's uh, it's been really exciting. Um, the honest answer will probably be that it's overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I like honesty. <laughs> the compressed timeline has really been uh, a challenge for for a lot of us, myself included, with all the things that we've had to do in such a short amount of time. But you know, it's also invigorating to to have you know this building is eighteen or nineteen years old now, and the fact that we were able to get um, and we can touch on some of the renovation stuff in a minute, but we were able to get over $9 million of renovations the company put into this facility in the last uh, six months uh, has been just invigorating and exciting. And for, for the full-time staff here in the building, it's been uh, really a great shot in the arm. And then for those other folks who might have had an interest in sports but kind of watched it from a distance with the hockey team, now get an opportunity to actually be involved in sports up to their elbows. It's really been uh, really been something fun to to see. Absolutely. So you know you touched on it, and we were gonna we were gonna go there anyway. So so do tell us about what bringing in a professional basketball team looks like in terms of how you've got to renovate the building or tweaks you've got to make to make sure that you're you're prepped for that that first game. Which, by the way, when is your inaugural game? So we're going to kick off the season uh, with a preseason game on May 6th, which is just okay. a couple of weeks away. And then our home opener is uh, Memorial Day weekend on May 27th. Uh, and we'll do 17 home games, which is great because that's a, a really a good boost to the, to the uh, event count for the facility. Um, and so, you know, normally we do 20, 25 publicly ticketed events along with a bunch of other conventions and private events that we do. So that's almost doubling our ticketed uh, event count, which has been a great, great thing for the facility for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, to touch on the building, I said it's 19 years old. Uh, I'll give you an example. The seats 
are the original seats from 19 years ago. And you can imagine anybody that runs a building knows how much wear and tear a seat gets, uh, both the, the portable and the permanent seats. And so uh, for us to be able to, to uh, replace all 12,000 seats, um, to starting from the top down, we got all new lighting. Uh, you know, we had uh, a lighting system, a shuttered lighting system, and we've transitioned that into an LED lighting system. Uh, we did not have a center-hung scoreboard. We needed that for WNBA standards. So we uh, are getting a new center-hung scoreboard. We did not have video ribbons. We now have two video ribbons. Uh, we renovated all of our suites. Um, we got the new seats like I talked about. Down on the event level, we have re totally renovated all the locker rooms. Um, what, <laughs> I like to describe what those locker rooms looked like before we did the renovations. They basically were a wooden bench, looked kind of like a church pew, and then this small, tiny locker that you would see, like, remember back when you were in high school, you had that metal locker in high school. That's kind of what we had for locker room facilities. And so now we've got this nice, big, beautiful, full floor-to-ceiling lockers for these six-foot players. And uh, it's, it's really, really something special. And then we did not have a training room, and we did not have a dedicated laundry facility. So we built out, we took some storage space back from the building and built out brand new facilities for the training room and the laundry facility and new coaches offices. Um, so that was a really great improvement. Lost a little storage because of it, but uh, it was a nice trade-off to get these new spaces. And then we did a total, um, you know, rewiring of the building from a broadcast and uh, infrastructure standpoint. We've got, um, you know, new connectivity for broadcast because we'll be broadcasting these games uh, and so we're just really, really thrilled with all the things we were able to get done. Gosh, I, I guess. Now, I am curious, though, what, uh, as, as some of these design decisions were being made, uh, what surprised you most about maybe what you learned about some industry trends and or some, some technology or, or WNBA expectations? Was there anything that you were like, oh, I, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you know, so I think back kind of a, I've worked at a few different places and, and always kind of been involved with construction at arm's length. Um, you know, the building that I was at before this had gotten pretty much built. I was there about three months before we opened, so I didn't get to see a lot of the renovation construction of it. But here I've lived through it for the last six months. But the interesting thing is um, our company has, we're such a large organization, our company has an entire division dedicated to design and construction because we're constantly renovating our properties. You can, if you've been to Las Vegas lately, you know, we're in the process of uh, renovating uh, one of our hotels right now. And um, that, that's a major, major process. So they've got a whole division that's dedicated to that. And um, we're, we were able to have that division oversee. I mean, they're basically the same company that built T-Mobile arena from the ground up. That construction division was involved in this process. And one of the most interesting things about it was while we had six months from the time we decided we were going to start renovations and leading up to our first game in a couple of weeks, in those six months, there were only 75 working days of construction. Uh, and that sounds unbelievable to be able to do $9 million worth of work. But to have out of six months, only 75 available dates, Working around our other working around our other pre-existing booked events uh, was really truly amazing, and uh, you know that team, our construction design team, is just they're such professionals and um, have have such great relationships with the subcontractors and uh, general contractors and everything that they basically 
uh, were able to say, this is what we want to do. We've got the funding. I mean, there was, there was, there was no question about having availability to funding and things. So that really expedited the process. We didn't have to go out to bid and do bonds and things like that, that other city municipality venues have to do. We were fortunate enough to have those funds available and, and, uh, and get it started, get the project started right away. Wow, you mean, great. Darren, you, you mentioned being overwhelmed because this is just amazing, you know, accomplishing all this in seven months. And, you know, I'm sure some could have been discouraged a little bit. Um, what do you what do you feel is the um, you owe the success in accomplishing this too? you know, it sounds like those relationships was key. But could you expand on that a little bit? Because I know a lot of us yeah. are probably going through something similar, maybe not seven months, we might have a little bit more time, but overall it's, it's overwhelming. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the reason we were able to get up to 75 is because we actually, our, our staff here, our administrative staff in the venue had such great relationships with the tenants or not tenants, but the, the contracted clients. For example, some of these conventions that come in and use our facility, they'll, they'll do their big convention uh, trade show portion in our convention hall next door but then they'll use the arena for the general sessions. And we were able to work with a lot of those conventions during their loading period where they may take a week to load in. We were able to get them to agree to allow our construction folks to work in non-essential areas in the background simultaneous to their, to their load in. And that was really the only way we were able to accomplish it. I mean, literally, we were um, taking seats out and reinstalling seats while they were rigging Home Depot's convention uh simultaneous i mean it just that had to happen or we just wouldn't be able to meet the deadline and i'm you know i'm pleased to say we're definitely going to be able to meet the deadline it's it's uh it's truly an amazing feat but i think our staff here at the venue having such great relationships with those clients and working so closely with them and getting them to allow us to work simultaneous was a real key to being able to free up those extra dates Absolutely, and I think anybody that's lived through construction knows that it's the it's that customer piece because you can't shut down. You know, you don't go out of business for seven months. You have to keep moving. So, that that is quite the feat. Well, let's let's pivot just a little bit and and move to one of my favorite sports, which is hockey. And you guys have you know experienced the playoff fever, and so tell us what that's been like. And then there's also a tie here to a beach venue and hockey. Usually those things don't go together. So so tell me how that works. So I'll I'll say this disclaimer: If anybody's a sports book better, and and uh, six months ago or so, if you'd made a two hundred to one bet on the Vegas Golden Knights making the playoffs, you would have had a nice payday. So uh, it really, it, it really yeah. think about that: a thousand dollar bet, a thousand dollar bet uh, six months ago is a big number, but to pay out and pay two hundred grand would have would have been a nice a nice payday, but. I didn't make that bet, by the way. So, <laughs> I love that statistic, though, because only the Vegas guy would give us would be able to give us that statistic. But yeah, yeah. no, go on. <laughs> I just looked up my calculator. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, no, just really amazing what this team has done. Obviously, nobody in their wildest dreams would have thought that a, a team that didn't exist a year ago uh, and was made up of a hodgepodge of players from all over the league. If you're not familiar with how they did the draft for this expansion team, they basically took players from all existing teams and uh, brought them together. So the Vegas Golden Knights were able to pick and choose off of a select player roster from all the teams existing in the league. And uh, like our goalie, for instance, we got our goalie from Pittsburgh and you know some other places. And 
and that that in itself is amazing that the team was able to be successful throughout the regular season. These guys didn't know each other, had never played with each other before, had played against them in other in other teams, but had never played together as a team. And the fact that they were able to make it through the season and come out with a winning record and now be in the playoffs and then sweep the first round of the playoffs has just held everybody in awe. It's just been amazing. I mean, I, I can't go anywhere in Las Vegas right now without seeing somebody in a, in a Vegas night apparel. And that just wasn't the case a year ago. I mean, people were, you know, skeptical of the team. They're like, oh, okay, how good are they really going to be? But literally now every single place I go in town, restaurants, grocery stores, the mall, wherever, I see people in the Vegas Golden Knights apparel. And uh, it's just amazing. I know Greg Greg is proud of his Vegas Knights shirt. He had a, he had a, a shirt long before they were uh, – they were playoff champions here. Uh, Greg had his shirt. So That's true. And I got a lot, I got a lot of heck for that. I was wearing that at our, at our video management school, and I either got, hey, where'd you get that shirt because they weren't released yet, or I was running into folks who were currently in the playoffs from last year giving me heck about it. So, no, I repped that shirt proudly. Unfortunately, I need a, I, I, uh, well, bad and good. I, I lost some weight recently, so I actually need to get a new one. Uh, oh. I no longer fit, playoff. thankfully. So. <laughs> so yes, I would. I would happily. I I will definitely need to upgrade my my uh, my shirt rep- representing the the Golden Knights. <laughs> That's a hint, but, Darren. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. This I'm I'm happy subtle. to purchase this. I I know this is. I get it. I get it. Well, I had so, the great opportunity to to attend a game when I I was there in October, and it is such a great venue and feel, and you could feel that from everyone that's there and. Um, just the surrounding area, you know, they have, you have a large screen just outside so people can bring their lawn chairs and watch the game. Is that correct? Yeah. So they, they, that, that's a great segue into the viewing. They do have the large screen. It's really, uh, you know, with the games being sold out, um, there's a, a, a ton of interest in just kind of being in and around the venue. And so that park MGM area, as you walk in towards the venue where they've got all the restaurants and everything, and they're showing the games. And then we've got a big screen, built out on the Toshiba Plaza uh, that is great uh, viewing opportunity. But we had a really unique opportunity here at Mandalay Bay um, just a week or so ago. Uh, game four of the first round against Los Angeles, they were playing game three and game four in Los Angeles, and we got to host a viewing party, the Vegas Knights uh, official viewing party at Mandalay Bay Beach. And Shelly had touched on it, what a fun venue that is. It's literally a beach. It's our pool operations during the day, but on the weekends, we convert that into a concert venue. It's got a stage, and you can actually stand in the water, in the wave pool water, and actually watch the concert uh, in your shorts and flip-flops. But um, for this event, we were able to put this giant screen on the concert stage and invited everybody to come out and sit in the sand. We had like 1,600 people come out. The owner, Bill Foley himself, was out and just had a really, really great time, and he's actually asked us if we could uh, host another game. Hopefully, they'll get to the to the uh, little deeper into the playoffs in round two, and uh, we might have an opportunity to do it again. But what a really unique use of that venue to be able to do an outdoor viewing event of the uh, of the playoff game. I have a question for you, Darren. Uh, St. Louis has a very um, robust and healthy relationship between the teams, and they'll have evenings where. They'll have Cardinal jerseys and the Blues colors and Blues jerseys and the Cardinal colors. And the, and the people buy these extra um, 
they buy these new jerseys and these new shirts. Clearly, it's a boon for the teams because they get to sell. It also is a way of kind of, you know, hockey fans can be baseball fans. They're not ex- mutually exclusive. That seems to me a, a kind of a rare thing when the pro teams get along so well. And it's not out of animosity, I would say, but it just is what it is. I just wonder if the teams are so new in Vegas and those rivalries haven't really been established, really cemented. I just wonder if that might be a future opportunity for the, the various groups. Like, you know, the Aces could have the, Red, the Golden Knights killers one night and, Golden, and have a Aces night at Golden Knights and vice versa. I just wonder if that might be a – also seems very Vegas, too, to cross, cross-pollinate when it comes to marketing. Yeah, you know what? That, that's a great topic. It'll segue me into my next thing I wanted to talk about, which was the Raiders Stadium. Go. But not only will we have um, three you know, professional sports venues all within a, a mile of each other, um, you know, th- th- there is a lot of synergy. There's a great partnership. I mean, obviously, um, you know, the the relationship with the hockey team is much more than a tenant. They're ingrained in our in our operations, and and uh, you know a great partner of ours but then when you look at like the Raiders what's happening with the Raiders and the the stadium I mean it, it, the stadium is literally from our loading dock of the arena it is literally hundreds of feet away from our loading dock I mean it's literally just across the interstate if you're familiar with how the layout of Las Vegas it's the width of I-15 is what separates us from the Raiders stadium and that is just amazing fun story at 3.30 every single day, they do blasting over there at the construction site, and I can feel it here in my office. My water bottle on my desk will shift at 3. That's how I alarm clock. Every day at 3.30, uh, they're blasting, and I can feel it. It's just a fun little tidbit about what's going on over there, but uh, so excited about that. You talk about synergies and how they've been green themselves. We actually have remodeled uh, one of our mega suites on top of the Delano Hotel Tower because it overlooks the construction site. Mark Davis uh, loves Delano and has um, kind of made it his second home here uh, while we're while we're building the facility and even probably after that they'll host parties and things. We did the groundbreaking ceremony at Delano and then they went over to the construction site. We did the pre-party here, but we've remodeled one of our suites into an all silver and black uh, suite. And so it's really, really a fun, uh, fun partnership that we've got with the team and just really looking wow. forward to the, to the impact, both the financial and the, just the association excitement of being part of that, that, uh, Raiders nation kind of feeling there, uh, in 2020 when they open up this new stadium. Well, absolutely. And I mean, the NFL coming to town is, is just so huge. And, and I, it's nice to see the progress that Vegas has made so quickly in terms of this, this, in terms of getting the Raiders there when you've seen some, you know, we've seen some other projects kind of stolen in, in Los Angeles right now. So it's, it's nice to know that you guys are, have a target that you're working for. Now, I, I do have to ask, cause you just brought up, you know, obviously the financial impact and, you know, what it's going to do for the community. And so as an outsider, somebody that's never, you know, lived and worked inside Las Vegas, it, it, I think it often seems to folks that the culture there is driven by the tourists. And so I don't know if that's true or not, but I think that's, that's probably something that, that some people think. So these franchises, Darren, are they going to serve, do you think, more of the local community or is it going to be used as a tool to serve more of your tourist hospitality? What, what do you think the balance of that's going to look like? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, let take for, take example of the Golden Knights, right? So um, there, there's two sides to that. There's 
13 or 16, I don't know what the number, I think it's like 16,000 season ticket holders that they have, right? And so that's primarily made up of the folks who live, work, and play here in Las Vegas. But then you've got this um, unique aspect of Las Vegas where a, a, a person from New York or Canada or Florida or wherever, they come to Las Vegas to watch their favorite team play in Las Vegas. It's a great it's a great uh, excuse to come to Las Vegas. If you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan and you want to come see the Knights play the Blackhawks, you know, that's a great opportunity to come in here for a Friday, Saturday night game and spend the week in Las Vegas. So there's this great balance between uh, appeal to the locals and appeal to the tourists. And I think the Raiders stadium will do the same thing. Hopeful that we'll get a little, little visitation from uh, other markets. I think LA will probably come in a lot for the Sparks sure. and, and some of those things for the WNBA. But um, you know, there is definitely a, an audience for both sides. Well, and I wouldn't be surprised to your point. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if you've got, you know, suite holders and, and, and group ticket sales coming out of those larger companies in LA because it is, it's, it's pretty quick and it's a nice destination for, you know, client entertainment and things like that. Yep, definitely. And definitely. And I, I, uh, I, I think that's what makes Vegas fun is that you, you don't have to rely on the citizens of your city to support the team. You've got all this influx of these you know, million people that come into the Vegas, you know, come into Vegas uh, every year and it's millions of people and it's, it's a great support base on top of what the locals are doing to support it. Sure. Sure. Well, that's, that's exciting. Well, well, listen, we, we've already come up upon almost about 30 minutes here. And so we, I don't want to, you know, close this off without giving a plug for IAVM Venue Connect because your organization is very closely involved. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so super excited to be involved in the Venue Connect again. We're uh, we're going to be a sponsor. MGM Resorts is going to be a sponsor at Venue Connect again, and uh, we're going to sponsor the career fair, career booth area. And uh, you know, this is a large, growing company of ours, and we're always at, you know acquiring new properties and venues and opening up new opportunities, and always looking for folks who uh, may be interested in making a career change. So. Uh, look for us at the career fair area or career booth area at Venue Connect this year, MGM Resorts International. Well, I don't. I also want to put a plug in. We're going to have a live uh, podcast again this year, and I'm hoping, Darren, you can be kind of a live guest that kind of walks up, you know. And so, uh, <laughs> if you're able to, we definitely want you to come on and be on the live show. So, if you want to see Darren in person? Uh, Absolutely. You know, not that impressive. It really is. <laughs> you know, well, get to sit in the chairs a little bit. I don't think we'll have mimosas like some of the other shows do for these live episodes, but, uh, you know. I know, why not? not? We'll have some media. I was just going to say that, Greg. Come on. I know. Well, what's, uh, what's the uh, famous uh, the famous um, coffee place in Canada everyone loves going to? Um, oh, uh, oh, goodness. It's not Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, yeah. It's Tim Hortons. Yeah. Well, some Tim Hortons, maybe. Yeah, Tim Hortons. <laughs> well, we'll have to right. see about that. The other plug that we want to put in for Venue Connect as well is because we spent some time talking about the WNBA is uh, uh, you were telling us, Greg, about our Women in Leadership speaker this year. You want to mention that? Yes. Uh, president Lisa Borders, um, the president of the WNBA, is going to be our keynote speaker for our Women in Leadership. That's going to be on Wednesday. It's the last session of the day. Uh, she'll be speaking about leadership, her philosophy of leadership. Uh, you can see several videos online. She is an excellent speaker uh, on this topic of leadership. Uh, obviously, uh, our women leadership program is for everyone to attend. Um, uh, so please, uh, please definitely attend that. She'll um, 
uh, again, we were welcome her, and we're glad she's making the trip up to up up, up far north. Uh, and again, <laughs> uh, Toronto's got an excellent location for a for, as a wonderful host city. Uh, definitely, if you haven't already, please get your um, please get your um, passports in order. Uh, it just uh, we're approaching that point where it's going to be uh, really a push to get it uh, really uh, expedited, or rather, you can save money if you get it now. So we hope to definitely see you in Toronto. Absolutely, and I'm practicing my Canadian accent, eh? <laughs> Yeah, it's just gonna come out when we're there. It's just gonna yeah. Come you gotta say sorry. Sorry is the key. If you say sorry right, you don't really hear a boot too much. It's kind of a stereotype, to be honest. I've well, I've found, but sorry, <laughs> and you gotta spell check. If you write a check with a Q E, I don't know how you say that differently, but uh, there are a couple things. If you wanna be for be mistaken as a Canadian, I'm, I've been working on it for years. So if you don't recognize my voice when you see me again, everybody. That just means I've blended in to the local population. <laughs> he wants to accidentally get left behind. Um, hey, you know, it's a, listen, Toronto is a, I'll just say this, Vegas, you know, is growing, but Toronto is the fastest growing city in North America. Not that I haven't talking to their CVB or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shelly, before we close out, any other plugs or upcoming events you want to touch on? Yeah, there's there's a couple um, within IEVM Region 4 Conference um, is happening May 7th through 9th, and that's in Spokane, Washington. And, of course, Venue Connect, it's July 22nd um, through the 25th. And I was asked to give a quick plug on the Mentor Connector program through IEVM. Um, they're asking for, well, they're looking for more mentors. So um, please, you know, and that's a great experience. Just You'll get just as much as you're giving. And if you could reach out to IEVM headquarters, go online by April 26th. So that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. I'm sure they'll take you, you know, a couple days after that. But um, And it know. really is such a terrific program. I know, Shelly, both Absolutely. you and I have participated. Darren, you've, you've probably participated. And it's, 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 I've just gotten so much out of it. I'll, I'll continue to do it as, as long as, as they'll let me. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also important to note that you can be both a mentor and mentee. It's not uh, it's a, a, a misconception to think it's at all based on age. Uh, no matter what your age, you can always learn from a colleague So or vice versa. You, you know, there, so, it, yeah, as you said, it's a wonderful program. It really is about the community of professionals in this industry working, helping, helping each other. So that's another thing. Our Mentor Connector uh, program meets in, in Venue Connect, and I just heard recently that one of the two mentee mentors who have never actually met each other you know, in real life are going to actually meet each other for the first time in person. So that's the type of help you can help another individual improve their career. So I would definitely encourage that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, listen, and I do want to give, um, say happy birthday to Darren real quick. It was his birthday. Oh, today, so. oh yes. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for spending your game. birthday with us. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, are you going to sing? I, I normally would, but I know I just, I, my voice, you know, I just can't. I'm sorry about it. I know. I I've been it. under the weather too. <laughs> it's so cold well, here in Dallas for spring. <laughs> I'll back on that singing. That'll be fine. Thank you. There you go. 
Well, listen, I want to thank, obviously, all of our listeners, and certainly, Darren, thank you for being here. And uh, to our fearless engineer, Greg, as always, thank you as well. Uh, I thought it was great to hear about everything that's happening in Vegas. I think probably the question now is, like, what isn't happening in Vegas, right? I mean, uh, we, we, I don't think there's anything that, you, that we're not doing there, so that's really cool. Uh, you know, as always, if you have any questions for, for myself or for Shelly or, or suggestions for future topics, please uh, email us. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find Find us on um, on the IABM website, uh, and we'd we'd love to hear from you. So, Shelley, any any last words or, or Darren, anything to send us on our way? Oh, oh just thank you, guys. You. Yeah. Great, great, uh, great forum, and and thanks for letting me be part of it. Well, we we appreciated it, Shelley. You want the final? Sure. Yes. Again, thank you, Darren. Um, I just love your excitement, and passion for for what you do. So it is very inspiring and. As Alexa said, there's a lot of great things going on there. And so, you know, hope everyone gets a chance to, um, you know, attend one of the WNBA games or hockey game or just experienced um, Las Vegas. It's it's definitely changed as I've seen it in the years to come. Um, definitely for the better. There's definitely different experiences. You can pull yourself away from the casinos and experience um, many things. If that's if that's not your thing, casinos, you, you don't have to do that. And that's, I know, a misconception. There's so much more to do there. And I'm in California, so it's an easy trip for me. So. <laughs> but thank you, Darren, very much. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, everyone. And uh, tune in next month. We'll, we'll see you soon.